Hey, Top Fans is Bill from Top Fan Rivalry here with my co-host Jackson. Jackson, how are you doing today? I'm I'm doing great. Awesome. Well, today we've got a special one. Jackson and I are going to kind of drop the gloves and duke it out with each other. But first, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the year that we're talking about. And then Jackson, uh, I'll let you take it away from there and, and talk about whatever you want to do to start. We're going to talk about 1941. And in 1941, there's a couple of statistics I thought would be interesting for you to know. A car cost $925. A gallon of gas was 19 cents. Um, stamp was 3 cents. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was 111. It's now, just so that you know, it's now 34,500. The average house, single family home, costs $6,900. The average rent on a single family home was $32 a month. The average movie ticket was 27 cents. The average salary was $2,050. And minimum wage was 30 cents an hour. Now, why is all that important? Because today we're going to talk about the Yankee Clipper himself, Joey D, Joey DiMaggio, and Ted Williams. Ted Williams earned $18,000. Um, for the whole year uh, in 1941, and Joey D earned 37500 So if you adjust that for inflation for today, that means Joey D earned $723,765.31, which is barely league minimum now. And uh, Ted Williams earned $364,777.71. So fun facts, aren't they, Jackson? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a different world. Uh, you know, baseball makes a lot more than probably ever did then. Even yeah. though you could probably argue it was a lot more popular back then. Yeah. So I'm going to let you, uh, I'm going to let you do your business that you wanted to. And then I think it comes back. Over. All right. Yeah. I mean, uh, all you consistent listeners out there know what it is. You know, if you're new here, us follow us subscribe um wherever you may be we're on instagram top fan rivalry the internet top fan rivalry.com and uh if you head to that website uh we have two cool things you can check out you can check out our cool merchandise our cool hats if a video of this ever comes out you get to see them they're pretty nice um we got five styles now including a white on white the discount code jackson uh, you get 10 percent off your hat uh, and then the other cool access which is a new thing that we've launched. And, you know, for $6 a year, you can get all your baseball news. We'll keep you updated. We'll get live uh, exclusive articles from us. We're, we're trying so hard to pump out a ton of content, content for you guys. Because a lot of really good feedback. We really appreciate, you know, all, all the people that come on and, and look on a consistent basis. But there's more. If you enter the code locker room, you can get 10% off. So, you know, think about that, doing some quick math. That, that's a little bit of money. It's a little bit less you have to pay to you know, less or a little bit more. So, I mean, what is there really to lose? So come check us out. Come on down. Like us. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, you know, we're here to baseball and just have fun. Exactly. And that, that locker room access, Jackson, that you were talking about, Top fan, we're committed to give you the best content that we possibly can get you on a daily basis. 
<clears throat> including weekends. Um, and that locker room access will get you into the locker room, the top fan rivalry locker room that gets you access to everything. So just today, now this, this will air in a week or so, but just today we launched a, uh, one of our top fans named Brian launched an article today that was called, um, you know, the angels preview for 2022 it was phenomenal. We've got a bunch of articles that are coming in. We've got a Braves one. We've got a number of different articles that come in. Plus, I give you all the breakdowns leading up on each division, uh, leading up to what's going to happen, at least what I believe, and a few other things. Plus, we've got some fun stuff coming up. So, awesome. Yeah. All right. I guess it's time to start the debate. And uh, Do you want to kick it off or do you want me to kick it off? Uh, you know, Go ahead, Jackson. I, I know this is an easy one for me to win since I got Joey D and you got Ted Williams. So I guess I'll just sit back and enjoy what you're going to have to say first. Uh, All right. So in Major League Baseball history, 28 hitters have hit 400. Yeah. Uh, the player to do it was Ted Williams in 1941. And I think he was unjustly robbed of an MVP by Joe DiMaggio. Um, Yankees fans probably hear this all the time, but the Yankees bias is real. Um, and Joe DiMaggio, just because he had a flashy hit streak, which I would like to point out, I, I got some numbers. I am the numbers guy. I am the top fan stats guy. Yes, he is. Uh, top fans. Follow him on so, Instagram, top fan stats guy. He's fun. Yeah, so during his 56-game hit streak that happened, Joe DiMaggio hit 408. During the same... Williams hit 412. And then he started a 23 game hit streak on the day that Joe DiMaggio started his 56 game hit streak. And he hit a 489 during those 23 games. I mean, he led the league in batting average. He led the league in slugging percentage. He led the league in on base percentage. He was second in the league in RBIs, led the league in home runs, led the league in OPS. To close my my opening argument per se, uh, for you, you you stat cast nerds out there, his OPS was two thirty five. That was on the back of a twelve eighty seven OPS, which is obscene. That that sounds like Barry Bonds all all juiced up, mocked every other at bat kind of OPS numbers. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, I got to give the Joey D. I got to give the Yankee Clipper um, a. Uh, uh, a little bit of love. Now, just here's a funny story, Jackson. By the way, um, there's a there's a restaurant chain that is no longer in business. They they went under during COVID, um, called Soup Plantation. You ate there, right? You've been to Soup Plantation. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's kind of like a sweet tomato or whatever they call it on the East Coast. Um, and so it's just soups, salads, you know, bread, all kinds of fun stuff. It's a uh, a la carte type thing, you know, all you can eat. And they used to have this clam chowder called New England clam chowder. Uh, and what was New England clam chowder? They used to call it New England uh, clipper. Uh, or New England, what do they call it? New England Yankee clipper. And I said, no, 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 you can't mix Boston and New York. And I'm like, no, no, no. So I told the manager about it. I'm like, you're going to have to change your sign. because You're going to get some, some Yankee fans in here. They're going to be really ticked. Anyways, um, okay, so you mentioned all those stats. Let me, let me fix a few things here that Jackson – may not have told you. He may, you know, stretch just a little bit. Of all the of all the offensive categories, Joey D led in seven of them. Ted Williams led in six of them. 
Okay. So we're talking, you know, apples to apples. Uh, Ted Williams had 606 plate appearances. And of course, obviously, Jackson's told you how many times he walked. So he had 456 at-bats. Now the Yankee Clipper, who actually won the MVP that year, had 622 plate appearances. By the way, um, for those of you that, you know, might have failed your your eighth grade public school math class, 622 is more than 606. And so then Joey D goes on to have 400 and uh, I'm sorry, 541 at bats, which is almost a hundred more than Ted Williams had. Okay. Though Ted Williams walked 147 times, Joey D walked 76 times. He, he had quite a few um, walks. Now, a couple of other stats that, that Jackson may or may not have told you about. He talked about Ted Williams uh, OPS. Yes. 1287. Amazing. How about 1083? Joe DiMaggio, right? Okay. Ted had 37 home runs. Joey had 30. Okay. All right. How about Ted Williams? 185 hits. Joe DiMaggio, 193 hits. Okay. How about doubles? 43 doubles for Joey D to 33 doubles for Ted Williams. Oh, and let's, let's talk about triples for a second. Triples, Jackson. Let's talk about triples for a second. Okay, 11 triples for the Yankee Clipper, right? Compared to three for Ted Wynn. Can he not run? I mean, he's in he's in Fenway. I mean, you hit the ball in that power alley, you can run for hours, right? And so what's going on there? And the final stat that I want to point out is Ted Williams struck out 27 times, although that doesn't sound like much in the season. Joey D, remember, 541 at-bats. He only struck out 13 times. 13 times. Jackson, it's all yours. I mean, your numbers are pretty nice too. Pretty favorites. Nuts. Yeah, pretty nuts. Uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you a fun fact of played appearances that you may may not have known him at bats in that day. Um, so, Ted Williams probably should have had a higher batting average. Historians agreed that they didn't count sacrifice as a, like a non at bat. So if you add all the Ted Williams sacrifice, probably hit closer to four sixteen, which is even more ridiculous it is. and played on an arguably worse Boston Red Sox team because the Yankees, as we know, won the, won the league pennant. Hmm. We can, we can break it. Um, and if you look at the Yankees roster, their outfield was far superior to the Ted Williams supporting cast with Schiller and Tommy Heinrich, who had a 162 and 136 OPS plus. Uh, what's the word? <laughs> Whereas Ted Williams had Lou Finney and Dom DiMaggio, younger brother Joe DiMaggio, fun fact. And, uh, a comment on your your New England Yankee Clipper chowder. Joe DiMaggio is actually from Massachusetts, so he is incorrect. But, but you know, Yankee fans weren't too impressed with that, right? <laughs> but uh, Lou Finney had a 740 OPS, which is a 93 OPS plus, and Don fairly above league average with a 792 OPS and 108 OPS plus. The owners 
on a roster that were above average in that lineup. Jimmy Fox, who was on the tail end of his career at 33, who posted a 917 OPS with 139 OPS plus. We're going to use these numbers just to stay consistent. And Joe Cronin, who had a 940 OPS and 138 OPS plus. So just the two outfielders already match what Ted Williams had around him. I'm not even getting into uh, the Yankees had Joe Gordon, who posted it 118 OPS plus 824 OPS. And I mean, just the fact that Kellner and Heinrich were in front of B. DiMaggio is probably why he didn't draw too many walks. You know, you can pitch around Ted Williams because he's after him after all. Yeah. yeah, but let's – let's okay, okay, that's fair enough. So, by the way, Jackson, you mentioned home runs. I'm going to mention RBIs. Ted Williams, 120, great season. Joey D, 125, right? Now – Let's talk about records for a second. Like you said, arguably not the best um, records. Uh, Red Sox were 84 and 70. Yankees were 101 and 54. 101 and 54. Now, for you top fans out there that, that aren't familiar, you're looking at that probably going, okay, Bill, that doesn't add up to 162, right? 162 didn't come into play until 1961. They used to play 155 games. So the Yankees won 101 games out of 155 games. Are you kidding me? Right. And, and I'm not, I'm looking at their numbers like you're talking about here, Jackson. And, and they had a good solid team. They were hitting the ball, but they weren't putting the ball in play. You know, they did have an outfield that had with Henrik uh, DiMaggio and Keller, they did have an outfield that, you know, had some pop to it. But again, I mean, how do you? Oh, when you said batting average, 406, right? Joey D's batting average was 357. You have a 357 batting average your whole career. You're a Hall of Famer, guaranteed, right? And so, um, yeah, Joe, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to drop the mic, right? Because 357 is no slouch. And if you're talking about sacrifice flies, how many did Joey D have? It is batting average been 360, 365. Your turn, Jackson. I mean, sorry, I'm, I'm getting a little bit of lag on my end, and it might just be the incorrect statements clog airwaves. Ah, but ah, um, touche, my I'm friend. Gonna, touche. I'm just going to put this in perspective for everyone. There's only three seasons all time you could probably compare to the kind of season that Ted Williams had and even probably not anywhere close. And I'll, I'm going to fast forward and cheat and use the future in a debate about the past. Rod Carew's 1970 season, he hit 388 and had a 1019 OPF on MVP. All right. George Brett, at a 390 average, with 1118 OPS and one MVP. And then the last player, Tony Gwen, was the he's the closest player to come to 400 since Ted Wood. Hit 394 with a 454 on base for a 1022 slugging. He didn't he didn't win MVP. I don't know how that season's ridiculous that Tony Gwen had. But I, I digress. That season. That was 1994. 
Oh, another strike season, huh? Yeah, yeah. strike season. Well, uh, okay, and I, and I hold on. See. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm finishing up. Oh, oh, you got more. I love it. You the, got more. Yeah, the fact that those three seasons are just these fantastic seasons, almost hit 400, and it's not even close. You look at the OPS pluses. Uh, Tony 69. George Brett was probably the closest with a 203, and then Rod Crew with a 178. They're nowhere near the 235 that Ted Williams put up. He put up an all-time great to 22. And then went and fought World War II and came back and had a dominant career. I mean, Ted Williams, I don't know if you've the book, The Art of Hitting. Have, have you, Bill? No, I haven't. Ted Williams. I, I, I recommend buying it. It's a, it's a good baseball fan folk book. This is a book that I have no relation to. I'm not sponsored by them, but you should check it out. It's, it's by Ted Williams described how to become a good hitter. And um, really having that great season and Ted Williams for me, as this is probably my closing argument. The reason why he should win MVP is on the last day of the season, his bet 0.39955. So 400 in the eyes of the league. So his, his teammates are like, oh, are you going to sit out? You're going to hit 400, you know? The manager bench him for a double header, And Ted Williams, even though his team was out of playoff contention, said, no, I'll play both games. And he went six for eight. Yep. Yep. No, and, to, and to, to, that's, that's the character of the man right there, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it screams at me. He, he doesn't care about the stats. He cares about going out there and winning. Yeah. Even, though the, even though the games don't matter, he wants to win. <laughs> So you spoke of Rod Cruz. I pulled it up as we were here. Listen to these numbers, top fans. This is crazy, right? 694 played appearances. At-bats, 616, 235 hits, uh, 16 triples, 38 doubles, 100 RBIs. Um, He walked 69 times. His batting average was 388. That's just annoyingly good. Right. Annoyingly good. Um, okay. So, Jackson, let me tell you why I think Ted Williams won the MVP. Okay. And because that's that's the argument that we're having, right? So, if you're looking pound for pound stats, uh, again, seven offensive categories, Joey D, six offensive categories, Ted Williams. Um, I think the hit streak has something to do with it, right? And the fanfare that you have for that hit streak. But I think more importantly, here's the thing, okay? Yankees are 101 and 54. Red Sox are 84 and 70. Out of playoff contention. Joey D came into the league in 1936. And he played to 1951. Both Joe DiMaggio and Ted Williams served in the military for 43, 43 to 45, right? Um, so Joe DiMaggio at this point had been in the league for five years. Right, and had proved himself in a number of scenarios where I'm just gonna I'm gonna pull this up real quick for you because I'm I'm making your argument for you, uh, Jackson. But um, in is, my, is mine not good enough for you or something? No, I love yours. In 1946, he hit 323 uh, or 36, yeah, 346, 324, 381, 352. Those were all leading up to. 
um, the campaign of 41. So he has made, and he's made all-star teams all throughout that time. So he was like lights out to start out with, and he was playing on a very good team. And the East Coast bias is real. The Yankee bias is real. The Yankees were in the World Series. They were winning World Series. They were capturing, you know, they were capturing the, the brass rings, so to speak, where the Red Sox hadn't really won anything since 1918. And so, and Ted Williams said, this was only his third season in the MLB. So he wasn't as well known as Joe DiMaggio was. Joe DiMaggio was well on his way to becoming um, royalty in baseball, where Ted Williams, although, you know, he had stellar starts and he had 185 hits his rookie season and 193 hits his second season, but this is only his third season in the game. So I can see why the those that voted for the MVP voted Joey DiMaggio. I think that hit streak had a lot to do with it. I think the fact that he'd been in the league longer and the fact that he played for the Yankees, right? I, those are my arguments. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I mean, I agree. And um, I like you bringing up the media bias because we see it nowadays. It's a lot of the media is more enamored with how good the team you played on was rather than how good the player is when it comes to the MVP. Yeah. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of people, and I've talked to a lot of people who tell me, I'm just going to use a modern comparison that Mike Trout is overrated because, you know, the angels don't win anything that has nothing to do with Mike Trout's ability, nor did the anything that the Red Sox did have to do with Ted Williams ability. Yeah. It's, it's good players show up and perform, even though their team is absolutely abysmal. And it, it really puts into perspective how people take greatness for granted. Um, and then when it's gone, you're kind of like, wow, that player was really good. And I mean, there's there's tons of examples. I mean, if um, if Ichiro Suzuki, for example, didn't play for the Yankees at the end of his career, I don't think he'd be as well of a remembered player, even though he did such great things in Seattle. And it's that the East Coast, the the media bias for the Yankees. At the end of the day, people like to talk about the people that win it all. Okay. To them, that to them wins are valuable, which is a true. It's a true statement. But I mean, I know I came in and came in swinging and said Ted Williams was robbed, but I mean, if you were going to pick one other guy to win it over him, Joe DiMaggio was probably the pick. Yeah, and and again, I agree with you, Jackson. I came in swinging and said Joey D deserved it all the way, but, you know, if there's normally, normally in baseball, normally, and, and last year's a perfect example, right? You could arguably say that Vlad Guerrero, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. deserve the MVP just as much as Shohei Otani did. Very probably few, raw stats, probably more. Exactly. And very few players, very few times in baseball where you have two or three or four players that are deserving of it. Most of the time, somebody just you know, links in it out and, and it's no question he's going to win early. You know, um, I had this conversation with an Angels fan. And no way, Shohei's. He's robbed if he doesn't get it. Well, hold on. Wait a second here. I mean, Vlad Guerrero had a good you know, so I, Teddy Williams could have easily won it. And and speaking of that, East Coast biased Jackson, you'll agree with this. So if the Yankees and Red Sox are playing Sunday night or Sunday, right, the Red Sox could be 0-100. The Yankees could be 0-100. And they're going to get the Sunday night game of the week where your team, the Braves, could be playing my team, the Dodgers, and we could both be 100-0. And we're still not getting the Sunday game of the week because the Red Sox games are playing. Yeah. 
I mean, and this this whole debate just stems from the the whole the whole bias and what what do people value more? Yeah, uh, playing for a winning team or just putting out raw stats. I liked your arguments, Bill. I I do agree that DiMaggio had more more raw at bats, so it's harder for him to hit. He could have hit four hundred maybe if he drew as many walks as Ted Williams. We'll never yeah. know, and that's what makes baseball the beautiful game, isn't it? I mean, soccer's like the beautiful game. I don't want to steal their name, but baseball's like a, a beautiful game for for that with all the nuances you know every every ball counts every at bat counts yeah i'm just i'm amazed that both players had under 30 strikeouts i mean 13 yeah. strikeouts out of 541 at bats is pretty doggone good that's that's crazy um yeah. so, something you didn't mention is dimaggio the way dimaggio's hit streak ended it's probably go it, ahead, it took, go ahead. I, yeah i it totally it, watched that yeah reading into it it took Two all-star pitchers. Cleveland had to throw two all-star pitchers out there, and then their third baseman had to rob him of two hits on balls that were described in the media as hard hit line drives yeah. for that hit streak to end. So who who knows how long he could have kept it going? And didn't and, he have two hits the next day or something like that? Something like that. Uh, so yeah, it's Jackson, I, I tell you, this is fun stuff. I mean, talking about baseball is fun, first of all. But going back and looking at the history of it and being able to debate these things in a friendly manner and not, you know, tell me why and, and things like that. It, I mean, these guys, I, I was looking at these stats and Utah fans won't see this until I put it on YouTube. But I, I broke it completely down and I highlighted out the, the stats that Joe had versus the stats that Ted had, their, their analysis, everything like that, even the cost of living and things like that. And I'm looking at it, I'm going, Either one of these guys deserves this, this recognition. It wasn't a, a runaway draw. It wasn't, hey, Joey D had that hit streak, so he didn't. I mean, Ted Williams gave it his all. So and I would love to see another player hit uh, 400. Oh, I, I would love it too. I'm, I want contact hitting to become a thing again. I know, <laughs> analytic, I know analytics are fun and – I know I mentioned OPS plus for all you nerds out there. I mean, it's a good indicator of how, how well a player has more than just raw home run power because guys who break up like DiMaggio's OPS plus is really good. Cause he lots of doubles, lots of triples hit, hits the all fields. But I mean, I miss the old school. I remember growing up, you know, having guys like for some reason, the, the top names that pop into my head are like, as like a really young kid, it's like Kenny Lofton, David Eckstein, you know, these, these tiny little dudes that would come up and just slap the yep. ball. Ichiro, even though Ichiro. Ichiro is rumored to have amazing home run power and be a decent pitcher. Who knew? <laughs> but Ichiro, watching each, I remember as a kid, we went to an Angels game. Wow. I don't know how I have this memory. This was his rookie year. So 2001, I was like five. And Ichiro got like three hits. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, just what's amazing about Ichiro too is Ichiro. If you watched him as a hitter, you think, man, the way that he stands, this is an easy out. But it's not. It's not. He was. He was pretty legit. I. Yeah. I don't. I can't think of another. Everybody would say Mike Trout, but I can't think of another player that I think could hit 400 that's playing right now. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of good hitters out there. But like you mentioned, we don't play for contact anymore. I mean, chicks dig the long ball. We're going for the long ball. Yeah, right? I mean, 
And part of contact hitting is hitting all fields. Nowadays, they're they're wowed and amazed at these power hitters that could go the opposite way. So like guys like Shohei Otani, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., Juan Soto, uh, Freddie Tatis Freeman. Jr. Yeah, Freddie Freeman, Tatis Jr. Those are some of the guys that have that all power field, all field power. Uh, long day. <laughs> I was I wasn't laughing at that. I was laughing at Tatis Jr. He's not everybody's fan favorite right now in San Diego with being out three. Yeah, I I mean, but still, like when he's healthy, he's got that power to all fields and it's a special talent to have to be able to drive pitches it it's really just a testament to plate vision and just raw hitting ability uh good hitters have good pack back control and they look weird when they make contact with the ball sometimes but they get the job done and i think at the end of the day we're going to circle back to ted williams and joe dimaggio because I, we got a little off topic there for a sec but oh, no, they're no, probably, no. probably two of the best to ever do it and probably two of the better all-around hitters yeah. in baseball. Yeah, I, top five, yeah. probably. Yeah. When you go base, if you're a baseball purist, you can't help but have these two names on your lips every time you're talking about hitting. And, I mean, even Tony Gwynn and his love for Ted Williams in that all-star game uh, back in 99, I mean, he showed that love for, for Teddy. And, and I got to tell you, we circle back to these two guys either way. This has been a fun debate, but it's at the end of the day, it's a win-win scenario because they both were fantastic athletes, fantastic players. You're not going to win. You, you know, if, if somebody else would have won the, the MVP that year, they, you know, it would have been a lost loss, but you know, those two guys. Jackson, just on a side note, speaking of MVPs, uh, Somebody hit me up on the top fan Instagram account and said, did you know that Maury Wills won the MVP when <laughs> <laughs> I started laughing? I'm like, yeah, I had no clue. <laughs> oh, it was great. Well, top fans, here's another clubhouse for you. Here's another Jackson and I decades moment. We've got a lot of them coming up. The next one that you're going to see launched because we, by the time you see this one, the the 70s will already have launched. The 60s just launched. The 70s will already launched. The 80s will launch. Um, but the next one after you see this, you're going to see the 90s, and you're also going to see um, us go through the 1961 series, uh, 1961 uh, season with Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle. And that one's going to be a fun one. And, I mean, that was just a great all-around season, right? And there's a number of seasons that we're going to cover throughout the season. Right. As we're sitting here, by the time we drop this one, the season will already have started, but we're only seven days away from opening day. So for you top fans out there, I hope you're enjoying baseball being back. Um, Jackson will say this with me. Go Dodgers. Um, he thinks that they're going to win the National League West and the, the World Series this year. I know he does. Right, Jackson? I mean, the first part of that statement is true. The second part, probably not. <laughs> Uh, yes 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 so anyways top fans we love you don't forget to go on the topfanrivalry.com um a couple things read the articles enjoy them check out the podcast you guys have been that's the other thing i need to tell you thank you top fans for listening to the podcast we had over 5200 downloads in the month of uh, march thank you so much for listening to us uh, we enjoy it. Jackson and I enjoy doing these things. We're on different time zones. Jackson's a true friend to me. Um, hopefully he'll say the same about me. Uh, but he's, of, of but course, it's, <laughs> it's been great to, 
it's been great to do these. So Jackson, have a good time, Top Fans. Hit up the Top Fans site. Get yourself some gear. Yeah, Jackson. Yeah. I just have one note. I said the art of hitting earlier. That's Tony Gwen's book. The science of hitting is Ted Williams' book. I verified it for you all. You can get it online. Uh, It's a good read. The science of hitting is a good read. Uh, The art of hitting is also a good read because it's by Tony Gwen, and Tony Gwen's great. But there you go. I mean, two two essential books for the baseball collection, I guess. There you go. There and also, uh, well, I'll tell you about a couple books next time we're on that I'm I'm actually heading to Barnes and Noble to get tonight. Anyways, uh, Top Fans, make sure you go on and get some gear. Enter the code Jackson. Uh, we'll definitely make sure we get this up on the YouTube channel. Um, we've been slow to get them up on the YouTube channel, not because we don't want to, but because some folks have asked us not to. Uh, they would prefer to be on the podcast. But Jackson and I do not have radio faces. We, um, you know, we're, we're built for TV. <laughs> Anyways, uh, go get your gear, uh, the hats, enter Jackson as your code. Gets you 10% off enter uh, locker room when you go into the locker room enter the locker room in all caps that will get you a discount on getting into the locker room hey listen 36 bucks for a year are you kidding me you're gonna spend more money on other things than just that so enjoy that and we'll look forward to seeing you here soon top fans thanks jackson yeah